fear the talking queers. Hey listeners, I have a I have a very special guest today. It's a man. Here it is, Frankie. <laughs> Good morning, campers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, My voice is shot from yesterday. Wow. So, somebody's having, is partying hard out there. Ugh, God. How, I just how, had to, was talking, talking, talking for like 13 hours straight. Oh, my God. Social butterfly. <laughs> I sound like Raja. <laughs> yeah. No, you're talking like this. Heather. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, you like camping? No. <laughs> <laughs> me either. Gross. I mean, uh, that's okay. Let me let me think about this. I don't hate camping. I just don't I don't go camping and like the camping that I did growing up. I mean, it was like camping at a campsite. Right. I mean, right. I mean, like some people when they go camping, they go camping. They like are in the middle of who the hell knows where and with um, no bathroom with no bathroom no shower like my god Uh, how am i gonna plug in my phone what do i do i okay i went glamping for like a work like a work event like we do this end of year thing together we usually do dinner and like a show or like something like that but this time we did like a two-night stay at a glamping place and i'll never camp regular way again (laughs) yeah like if i go camping that is what it's gonna be was it just like one of those over the top extravagant tents that have like a bed in it yes like the tents were like like expensive tarp material they were like on a patio and then there were like the blankets were heated there were showers there were and they had everything they had right. everything you could think of. And yeah, it I think, was I think the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, they did that. <laughs> so that's how I know what that is. Well, yeah, that's who I did it with. Oh. I told you it was for work. <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, no, my extracurricular activities never involve nature. <laughs> I mean, it's very I, yeah, you and I are definitely um indoor kids, that's for damn sure. Right. The unfortunate thing is that I married somebody who used to be a Boy Scout. Oh shit! Andre, he used to be a boy scout. He knows how to start fires and tie knots and <laughs> oh my god, Ooh. and survive um, the wild, which is great because I don't. Has that has <laughs> that ever like have you ever needed that? Like, has there ever been like a necessity for that in no, your experience but, with him? But he's very crafty when it comes to like figuring things out. If when we do go camping or when we have to figure out something like with starting a fire so he's like you're supposed to do it like this and i'm like oh i have no idea what i'm doing (laughs) if i was ever gonna be a boy scout it was gonna be in troop at beverly hills (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was gonna be a girl scout if i can be a brownie yeah a brownie yeah at least Um, cookies (laughs) yeah exactly oh my god (laughs) i can sell cookies hell yeah what's your favorite girl scout cookie (laughs) oh i love um thin mints and i Mm. love um I love chocolate with mint. It's like the best thing ever. And I have a mint plant that is that tastes like chocolate. It's amazing. 
But wow. I love Thin Mints and I love Samoas. Ah, uh, those are my two favorites, except for I can't eat the Samoas anymore because they oh, are not, no. they're not vegan. I can't. Are Thin Mints vegan? Thin Mints are <laughs> vegan. Oh my God. Which is, a, which is really exciting because I also love those. So, you know, for me right now, it's Thin Mints or nothing. Actually, there are a few other... Um, vegan options not that this is important but <laughs> <laughs> i kid you not i can eat a box of thin mints in one sitting really do you i like promise them fr- do you, you. Do you i, like I control myself but i could do i've never tried them frozen but i've heard that really? they're great you try you eat them frozen yeah it's like the only i feel uh, like i have the only way but it's the best way to eat them you put them i have in, no idea yeah you put them in the freezer and then you take them out and they're like Ooh, and they're like so cold and like crispy. <laughs> ah, it's the best. Oh my god! You can tell Are I just took a coming out. <laughs> you <can> tell. <laughs> so you can tell I just took a fucking hit of <laughs> because I'm. Like, <laughs> You're <talk>. just. Oh, <laughs> well, let's talk cookies. <laughs> you you know what I would have done uh, for camping? What? Um, uh, I would have done a theater camp. Oh, yeah, I know. We, I mean, we kind of grew up in like a sort of a theater camp environment. Um, you know, we, yeah. like, we like the youth theater that you and I did growing up. But it's sort of like that, except for, you know, it was very one show centric. Because, I mean, I've never been to theater camp, but I think it does usually, it doesn't come like, it's like you learn little things about like yeah. dance and acting. And but singing. I think in the end, you do put on a show. Oh, like, okay. So we just skipped all we skipped all the educational parts of theater camp and we went um, the big stage. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I didn't need to know any of that. When you're born with raw natural talent, <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't need but, to learn the educational part of it. That's right. enough about me, though. What about you? Oh. <laughs> um, so Jake and I were part of a theater group called Solano Youth Theater. Um, yes. They had several names before that, but that's what it ended up being. Um, I, and yeah. the way the theater was designed was it was all of Solano County. So like different, there would be one show that everyone did, but there would be different casts. There would be a Vacaville cast. There's the Fairfield Sassoon cast and then the Vallejo Benicia cast. Obviously. Three cities within the county <laughs> that, that the community college that this was all run through was like, that was like their central hub was this community college. So what cast were you in? Vacaville? Yeah, so, yeah, I was in the Vacaville cast, and the way that this would work is that you would basically, I mean, I, and, I, and I've heard this about many youth theaters, is that you would pay money to be in the show, and then um, you, we would rehearse for so long. It was like months we would be rehearsing, and we'd rehearse like three days a week, and then mm. you, and then the shows were only your, like your cast, like we said, there were three casts. Each one of these casts got a weekend of show. So like say we're, say the youth theater show at the time was Greece, three different cities would be doing Greece and each one would get a designated weekend. You only got one weekend to perform. So you like paid yeah. money to rehearse for months to perform for a weekend and a lot of for the times yeah, for four days. And a lot of the time, I don't know about your cast, but we were double cast within our cast. So there were two casts. So you mm. probably spent a lot of time and a lot of money just to perform twice. <laughs> Which is crazy. Yeah. Luckily for my cast, we did not have a lot of um, a lot of people. <laughs> no, there were a lot. There were a lot of kids, but um, the boys were very limited. Right. So 
Um, I think every boy that was in the Vallejo Benicia cast ended up being gay. I think that's safe to say. Wait, you're gay? No, no, I'm not. But the other <laughs> ones were. <laughs> yeah. I mean, li listen to your voice. <laughs> yeah, it's so deep. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so we got the luxury, the males and members, of being just one person. Like most of the time we, right. when we were cast as a role, we were the only person playing that part. Right. And then we, yeah. But the girls we, were always double cast. Yeah, we were overflowing with children, with kids. When, when we did Wizard of Oz, we had somewhere near like a hundred kids in the show. Are you serious? How'd you guys all fit on stage? We didn't. Like it was, they would have, bitch, we had poppies up and down the aisles. Like there were poppies everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Because and you know, can you imagine paying one hundred and seventy five dollars uh, for your kid? To I was sit just in an gonna say that during the show. <laughs> I was literally just gonna say that. Like I couldn't imagine being a parent who paid money to go see their kid in a play as they're standing next to them in the aisle, like sit yes. like in a you know a felt flower costume. I kind of <laughs> always felt like the price that you paid to be in those shows. I'm like, if my kid got cast as just an ensemble member, or as Leah Michelle calls them, cockroaches, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would lose my shit. I would be pissed. Hell yeah. If my kid was fucking a high school musical theater member number two, and I'm like, I paid $145 <laughs> for this little bitch to be in the background. No, it's I like not. But it's like not also just the fee to get in. It's like how much time and how much gas you took, how many times oh you took your God. child to, to rehearsal and back. And then, yeah, you know, it's so it, there's like a lot of things. So I don't know. It's kind of funny yeah. um, how that worked, but I don't think you and I probably had a very different experience and this is not to brag. But I, you and I were, we weren't ever, you know, poppy number forty-seven. Like you, you and I, at least no. had the, ex had, had the we at least got to I be was a little in the front background and center. When I was like a child, yeah, exactly. We always had a solo. <laughs> okay, so I'm actually interested for Solano Youth Theater. What was your favorite show to be in? Um, at Solano Youth, so as a child, as not like a necessarily your like favorite role, but your favorite show. Um, I would probably say that my favorite show is Grease. I love Grease. I've done. I knew you were gonna say that. I've, I've done so many productions of Grease since then. That was like I. It's like that was like my uh, introduction. Not not. I mean, I loved Grease growing up as the movie. Grease but then, is a great show. Yeah, and then you get to. I mean, the show is terrible, but people love it because they love the music and they love the story, and we have just this this connection to Grease as a as a culture. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And then. Um, yeah, but then I've gone on to Americana. do it several times more professionally. And um, yeah, what about you? What's yours? I always got cast as like the anti-hero. Like I was never really the lead. I was always like the villain or like I was Chad <laughs> in High School Musical. Oh and my in the God. stage show, he's like the villain. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why? Where's Sharpay and Ryan? They're not even in the show, in the stage show. It's all about... <laughs> Chad and Taylor and how they're yeah. against Gabrielle and Troy. I'm like, what kind of, this is not the movie, the movie from the Disney channel. This is a totally <laughs> different show. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I was, I was only afforded the opportunity to be the villain once when I, me, 
played Gaston in Beauty and the Beast, but bitch, didn't you too? I played Gaston in Beauty and the Beast too. <laughs> what is wrong? I can't. Bell, be- how can you read this? There's no pictures. Oh, yeah, I like, oh, yeah, I cannot believe. Yeah, us too. Fucking fear the talking queers. Um, grew up playing Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> and are you? <laughs> oh my god so <laughs> i don't even know how to segue this into the movie we're gonna talk about. i mean okay so we didn't go to theater camp but uh and also i never went to summer camp but these people did these people start <laughs> <laughs> not only did they go to camp they died at camp yeah they never <laughs> left camp <laughs> This week, we are talking about Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Campers. <laughs> I feel like Or, we... as the UK calls it, Nightmare Vacation 2. <laughs> Night... Yeah, I was like, wait, uh, do... is it... I don't understand why they... Do they not know what camp is? I don't know. I mean, they know what camp yeah, is, but I'm they like, don't know what... Vacation? Yeah. Camping is never a vacation. <laughs> oh my yeah, God. It's, it's fucking work, and it's dirty. I'm very... I'm excited to talk to you about this, because I feel like we we have never actually fully talked about this movie together. It isn't one no, of the ones. I think, I think it is. Yeah. I think the extent, extent of our conversation about this movie has been, have you ever seen Sleepaway Camp 2? Like, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So why don't we do a little, um, a little plot synopsis of Sleepaway Camp 2. Do you okay. want to go right into it? Absolutely. All right. So, Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Campers, directed by Michael A. Simpson, written by Fritz Borden. Our story begins with campers at Camp Rolling Hills, sitting around the campfire, exchanging scary stories. Phoebe, the only female camper in the group, recounts the story of Camp Arawak five years prior, um, a camp not too far from Rolling Hills, where a string of murders plagued the camp. The murderer? A trans teen named Angela Baker. Sean, the <laughs> God, <laughs> like, sorry. Why? Okay. <laughs> Sean, the hot male camper of the movie, validates Phoebe's story after explaining his father was one of Angela's arresting officers. The story is soon interrupted by righteous camp counselor Angela Johnson. No relation to the comedian <laughs> Angela Johnson. <laughs> oh my God, the nail lady. Bonquiqui. Uh, yeah, yeah Bonquiqui. <laughs> Um, so Angela reprimands Phoebe for sneaking out to hang with the boys and telling ghastly stories. Angela punishes Phoebe by whacking her across the head with a log and cutting out her tongue. <laughs> the next day, Angela explains to her cabin that she sent Phoebe home. Among Angela's cabin are Leah, some random character, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the burnout sisters, Brooke and Jody Shout, all aka the shit sisters. <laughs> Um, <laughs> talkative Demi, wild card, or wild card. <laughs> oh my god! What? Wild card. She's a real wild card. <laughs> Hold on, let me go back. Talkative Demi, wild child Mare, bitchy promiscuous cheerleader Allie, and good girl Molly, played by Renee Estevez of the Sheen Family Dynasty. <laughs> Later that day, Angela finds the Shout sisters smoking weed and drinking Jack Daniels. <laughs> the, the girls pass out, but Brooke wakes up. She's tied up to a grill. Her sister's charred remains next to her. 
Angela then sets Brooke ablaze after exclaiming, say no to drugs. <laughs> that night, after the male campers perform a panty raid on the female cabin, the girls seek revenge by raiding the boys' cabin. Angela catches them <laughs> just as Mare flashes her titties to the boys. <laughs> as Angela drives Mare home, she stops and gives her a chance to say sorry. But when Mare refuses, she kills her with an electric drill. Ooh. The next night, boy campers Anthony and Judd attempt to scare Angela by dressing up as Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees. But Angela one-ups them by dressing as Leatherface and slashes Anthony's throat with a Freddy glove and chainsaws Judd to smithereens. The, the next morning, Allie has sex um, and then <laughs> receives a note from her crush, Sean, asking her to meet him at the abandoned cabin. There's nothing sexier than an abandoned cabin. <laughs> she goes only to find Angela's tricked her. Angela proceeds to drown Allie in an outhouse, forcing her head into urine, poop, and leeches. <laughs> Later, Demi tells Angela that she's tried to call all the girls who were sent home, but none of them were home. Angela strangles her with a guitar string, then stabs Leah to death. Random Leah. <laughs> <laughs> Angela is fired the next day for basically sending home her entire cabin for bad behavior. Angela is very upset and Molly and Sean follow her to the abandoned cabin to console her and cheer her up. But they find the bodies of all the dead, unhappy campers. Angela ties them up uh, and then Uncle Joey lookalike counselor TC <laughs> finds, out, <laughs> finds out that they're at this abandoned cabin and he goes to confront Angela. But before he can do anything, Angela throws battery acid in his face from his own car battery. Sean puts the pieces together that Angela is the killer of Camp Arawak, Angela Baker. Oh my God. She decapitates him with an ax. Molly soon escapes and finds Uncle John, the owner of Camp Rolling Hills, and all the other campers left in the cabins dead. <laughs> Angela chases Molly and the chase scene ends when Molly falls onto a rock and Angela figures she must be dead. Angela hitchhikes away from the camp and a woman in a truck picks her up but Angela soon kills her and takes her truck. Molly wakes up and makes it to the road. A truck pulls up to her rescue, but it is Angela! Molly screams and our story ends. Uh, our story, I guess, is, if that's what you can call it. <laughs> yeah. What story? So, I love this movie. <laughs> I This movie, this movie is very, very funny. And, um... I, I do really like it. I've watched it several times now, just this week alone. Um, oh. But I, but before that, I'd, I'd seen it several times, and I'd even gone on my way to like recommend it to watch with people because it's definitely like one of those sort of movies that's fun to sit around and watch with a group of people because you're there just to have fun and laugh. Yeah, pass around a joint, eat some popcorn. Literally, <laughs> yeah. It is like the least brain power you will ever use watching this oh movie. Oh my god. And I think that is the charm of it. Like, it's sure. not complicated. It's no, not it's, complicated it's not, at all. It's, yeah, it's not meant to be, you know, some sort of... And it's not even a mystery at this point, you know? No, and because it's we a, know who she is. Right, and so it is just pure... You're purely there to watch stupid teens get killed like it's just yeah. a cheap a cheap fun horror night so i i will say i do like this movie um, yeah 
And you actually don't even need to watch the first one in order to watch the second one. Because right, which are completely I, two different movies. Right, and so um, I mean, but I, so I don't I don't think that we could talk about this without sort of talking a little bit about Sleepaway Camp One. And mm-hmm. so I I think one of the main differences just sort of is really the tone of the film. I feel mm-hmm. like Sleepaway Camp, um, while still comedic, uh, Sleepaway Camp is it's a little darker than Sleepaway Camp Two. Um, I think yeah, it took that, itself a little more seriously. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, like I said, there is there are still comedic elements to it, and obviously, it, you know, it's not a genre. It's not a genre that takes itself seriously anyway. But mm-hmm. um, I think there was probably a little more thought put into it as far as like we're here to tell like a a slasher mystery story. In um, Sleepaway Camp Two, almost feels almost like a parody of that. It's like it's yeah. like it's parody it's parodying well, I can't even say that word. It's parodying its own film you know, its own franchise. And I I do think yeah. that, that that um is effective and works well for Sleepaway Camp too, once you know what you're getting into. You know, because yeah. because it's basically the scary movie of the eighties. Yeah, that and right, and that makes sense. Um that that would you know, that the ca- summer camp thing, which was huge back then especially with you know friday the 13th and the success of all that that this would be sort of the target for sleepaway camp 2 to um mm-hmm. to sort of make fun of um yeah so like the differences are like that there's no there's no mystery we talked about this earlier um there's no mystery involved in sleepaway camp 2 and in sleepaway right. camp 1 you know you you went through the film not knowing who the killer was um even though it was, it's pretty obvious that it was Angela probably from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, these um, days, yeah, yeah. But this one's a lot different because we already we already know who the killer is, and mm-hmm. so I I do think that sort of plays with the formula a little and makes right. it a little you know it's it's a different movie to have to kind of make because right. you're how just do, wondering when she's gonna get caught, right? Or like what? Yeah. Like, what is her motivation now? What has happened to her in this time, you know, between the first mm. movie where she is vastly different. Like, the character of Angela Baker in Sleepaway Camp 1 <laughs> and Sleepaway Camp 2 are from different planets, you know? Yes. Angela Baker from Sleepaway Camp 1, played by Felissa Rose, she's very quiet, shy. She barely talks throughout the movie. She probably has a couple lines. Um... And then the ending is so shocking that you're like, uh, uh, what? That is the most successful part of that movie is the ending yeah. when you realize right. it's Angela and that final shot. Uh, but this Angela is snarky. She's witty. She's, she's Yeah, she is. So, yeah. So, like, we can even just talk about their motives are even slightly different or they've evolved in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. So, in Sleepaway Camp 1, Angela Baker's motive was she was... She was like getting revenge. She was like getting revenge on all the people that bullied her. You know, she was, you know, and she was quiet. She was, um, when, you know, when she was doing these murders, she was very sneaky about it. Um, but then we get to Sleepaway Camp 2, where Angela has now, I, I think they said that she's gone to therapy and um, she's, she's, had her sex she's fully transitioned to a woman. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Somehow they've decided she's talkative now and she's not tormented. And, you know, she's 
her kills are incredibly obvious and kind of sloppy when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she, there was no mystery involved. She was just murdering people left and right. And, and her only, yeah. um, her only excuse or like her big master plan is just to tell them that I sent them home, which works. And, yeah. You know, yeah. It totally works. And it's, um, I think one of the great things that they do is flesh out that character of Angela uh, Johnson, you know, uh, because making her snarky and teaching these kids a lesson in a very comedic way um, while killing them, because you know who the killer is, you're seeing it happen, so why not make it fun? (laughs) Right. Because you're like, what is she going to do next? What is she going to use next? Yeah, and that's literally like all this movie is, that you're just like following Angela from kill to kill um, <laughs> yeah. and that's and that's pretty much all it is there's not really much that goes on in between and and you know no. and you know it, it, the evolution of Angela like brings up some like kind of funny questions like none of these obviously are serious because this movie mm-hmm. wasn't was intentionally written to be different than the first one and was intended just to be funny and just to be fun and you know so I love the fact that we've like changed Angela's story to like now as Angela Johnson she loves camp like she loves summer camp you know yeah Um, which when you think about what like Angela Baker's past experience with summer camp was you probably would think that she would hate camp but now but they decided to take it the 100% opposite direction and now she is a camp counselor and she (laughs) she wants to uphold you know bright young you know yeah, virginal youth. Yeah, virginal youth. And I think that's a really funny way to take it as opposed yeah. to, you know, because that, that, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just a flimmy, flimsy excuse to get her back to camp, <laughs> to the camp to kill more kids. But um, right. I, think I think it's really funny. And like, there's even that scene where she's by herself in her room and she's just singing Kumbaya to herself <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with the guitar. Yeah. Just like these really great moments, like or in uh, Sleepaway Camp Three, when which is like a continuation of two, when they're like, "Does anybody know that Happy Camper song?" And she's like, "I do." Yeah. <laughs> she yes, Angela loves camp. She loves and, camp, and I don't know if if she just wants kids today to um, to not be like the kids that that bullied her. Uh, I maybe right. that maybe that is why she has decided to go back to camp and kill all these bad kids because it's kind of in the same vein as what she pulls off in the first movie like these hateful people that she's just murdering but this one it makes it blatantly obvious like she's killing them because they're bad kids right and especially because they haven't done anything to her she's just her okay and that and i i do find it interesting and i i was like okay this is the movie that explores what it would be like if the killer had the same morals as the final girl, you know, which is something you don't really see that often in, you know, the slasher formula. Yeah. Because she's actually not after the final girl. She's She's not. You're going to be the last one standing girl because like we get each other. Yes. which Which is so funny. Like, yeah, there's not like some crazy moral opposition between, you know, in this case it's Molly um, played by Renee right. Estevez, um, they do share the same moral compass. They they are sweet, you know, quote unquote virginal types. Virgins, you know, yeah. um, they're nice. They're nice girls, and I guess Angela just wants everybody to be nice, like Molly. That's why she goes after the bad kids, and she kills. And she, all of her kills 
all end with some sort of moral, you know, as to why she killed them. Each one of them, like, fits into one, like, very specific stereotype of bad kids. Yes. Like, for Mare, it was the promiscuity. Yes. For Allie, it was, like, being rude and uh, bitchy. Yeah. (laughs) And then for... The Shote sisters, they smoke weed. They smoke Uh, weed, they drink. For some reason... Demi talks too much, and that one she talks I, too much. That's what that one I do think is really, really out of character for Angela. Her and when she kills Demi and Leah, because I do think she sort of compromises her own morals when she kills Demi. Because the only reason she kills her is because she's afraid she's, she's gonna, gonna get gonna, caught. Yeah, she's afraid that she's figuring out the, her, what Angela's yeah. doing. And or like when though, Leah's like, "I didn't do anything," and she's like. You're gonna tell, right? So I, <laughs> so I, I feel like that's that moment where Angela is like she's losing control of everything. It's all just yeah. starting to spiral out of control, and she's just now just free for all, murdering everybody. Yeah, um, because she never planned to kill Demi and Leah because she's looking around the room like, what do I kill her with? Yeah, like she's exactly. picking up all these random items. Like, oh my mm. gosh. That scene is so funny when she's she's like mm, the radio no and yeah, she's, like, she's like how heavy is this? <laughs> <laughs> that scene is so funny. I do really like that one. It's a great scene. This is well written and the and Fritz Gordon, the writer. I don't know if that's a pseudonym or what is going on, but he's only written two and three. Yeah, and um, they originally it's all he's ever done in his career. Yeah, and they originally wanted. I guess they originally came with a, a Sleepaway Camp 2 script that was much darker. Mm-hmm. Written and, by the writer of the first film. Right. And I think they were like, mm, I think we." they had already had the intention that they didn't want the film to take on the same dark tone as the first one. So they, right. so they, so they were like, can we buy the rights of Sleepaway Camp from you? And he's like, okay. So they bought the right for, two, for the Sleepaway Camp franchise and then they from there created Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3 which were shot back to back from each other in six weeks both films yeah which you can kind of more so tell in the third one the third one you're like okay this is extremely rushed right but I I gotta say there are some moments that I do really like in the third one and I I don't want to get like too deep into it because you know that's not the movie we're talking about about. but I mean there are some great moments that I really do like in Sleepaway Camp 3 Specifically, there the are. one with um, the racist girl Cindy and her death when she gets um, hooked to the flagpole, uh, pulled up to the flagpole, <laughs> and just dro- and then she just lets go and yes. just falls to her death. Yes, I think that's probably one of Angela's most creative deaths. Um, yeah, kills and, and most I, silly. Yeah, and so I really like. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, Sleepaway Camp Three is definitely a rushed. Just more, just they're like, just keep it going. That we're yeah, finding success with this, yeah, so. yeah. Um, a lot of things caught my attention with this movie being a parody. Like I said, it's like the way in scary movie of like the 1980s. It was 1988, so like all these films have had sequels. Friday the 13th is probably like on its seventh sequel. Uh, Halloween was probably like on four and five, had already come out. Um, Friday, I mean, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street already had, there are plenty of sequels. So it's kind of like, okay, what, what else can we do? And basically take all of those things and turn it on its head. The, the opening credits are very reminiscent of Halloween 4 and 5, like that kind of like that font and like the way it transitions in and out, I've noticed. And then all the character names are actors of the 80s. Yeah, they were part of the Brat Pack. 
which is yes. uh, which was which is just in itself just a huge parody of Hollywood. Um, yeah, every single one. So Molly, Molly Ringwald, even down to the camp counselor whose name is TC, which stands yeah. for Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. And, you Molly, know, yeah. They even reference Molly Renee Estevez's um, real-life brother and sister, Emilio and Charlie. So Charlie Sheen yeah. and Emilio Estevez are – Emilio and Charlie are two boys <laughs> that go to the camp. And so yeah. I think that's really fun. And um, I, Well, even to use her in the film as the final girl. Yeah. Like – she was probably I, on set being the most famous one because actually nobody knew that Pamela Springsteen, who plays Angela, was Bruce Springsteen's sister until way later. They were like, oh, that, like, the actors that she worked with on the film didn't even know. Right. And they wanted her from the get go. Apparently, she walked into the audition and there were, they had a couple other girls lined up behind her and she read first and they were like, send the other girls home. This girl yeah. gets it. They said that she had, um, she had like the quirkiness and the weirdness, but you could also tell that there was something else going on behind her eyes. Like she yeah. was a little, little cray. And well, so... I love also her delivery, like her, <laughs> like very nonchalant. Like, no, this is the way it is. Like when she's like, yeah, everything like... she says is like this. Yeah. It's almost like yeah. she's, a, she's like playing. Nice like a... girls don't have to show it off. Yes. <laughs> and... I love when she gets mad. Cause she just still doesn't sound mad. It's just like, funny. My favorite exchange in dialogue is between her and Mayor. That's like my favorite scene when she kills Mayor. Yeah. And she's like, all you have to do is apologize. Never. I would rather die first, Angela. (laughs) (laughs) And then then Angela starts digging for the drill. She's like, what are you looking for? A gun? (laughs) Like, no. A drill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that scene is so fucking funny. That was so funny. That's the thing. Yeah, there's just like a lot of just ridiculous you know scenes and moments in this but they're all for fun and you can't take them all seriously and what i mean the things that they were able to achieve with a four hundred sixty-five thousand dollar budget for both films i think that was their total budget for both yeah uh is pretty it's pretty well done given their budget no absolutely and yeah they made uh what's that they made there's like a saying that's like they made something out of nothing what did they do i don't know they turned um dirt into gold <laughs> that that's it they turned dirt into gold <laughs> you know what's astounding to me when i was reading about behind the scenes stuff is that okay first of all half the actors look like they should be counselors and the oh, other half look like they're too like, young to be at camp all of my notes are like I, I can't tell who's a counselor and who's a camper. They all yeah. look the same age. Yeah, they're they all look the same age. They're either 20 or they're 12. Like, it's like <laughs> there's no other. Yeah. And so, like, a lot of the actors who were the younger ones, like Charlie and Emilio, they're, like, extremely young. And I guess the girl that plays Jody showed yes. was um, underage as well. So they weren't even allowed to be on set for the, the sex violence, scenes, the, the sex. Day. So they were basically just there for their own scenes. Um, which is why the, when Brooke wakes up, Jody's already dead because yes. they couldn't show any violence happening to Jody. Right, which so I, was which like, was, oh. I would say, which is my favorite scene. I love that scene. I think it's so funny. Oh, it's so good. S- say no to drugs. And she, yes. She lights are on fire. I thought that was yeah. funny. <laughs> that's, that's the so dialogue um, is so well done for these characters. Like, it's like, it's so funny. Like, when Allie is having sex with Rob, I think is his name. And she's like, listen, 
you don't have A's or anything, do you? And he's like, <laughs> he's all, no. And she's like, great, see ya. Oh my gosh, <laughs> like, Al- let's talk about Allie. Allie is... Um... <laughs> she's the, the character that we always connect with the yes. most. This, this girl is something else, though, because she... Yeah, she doesn't really have any motivation for it much, except for she's just, she wants to fuck a lot. And yeah, she, she's the selfish, rude, promiscuous, bitchy girl. Yeah, she literally has no redeeming qualities <laughs> at all. No. And, um, I mean, maybe that is why when her death scene comes around, it's so disgusting. Because yes. that's all they she's portray She's a disgusting her. girl, yeah. Yeah, that's and right. I love when she's like, What's in there? Answer me. And she's like, shit. And then she's like, yeah, one of your favorite words. <laughs> You've been a shitty friend and a shitty camper. Yeah. Leeches, Allie, for a leech like you. Yeah, I would. I honestly would say that's probably one of the grossest uh, scenes ever. <laughs> Most inventive, too. I'm like, uh, do leeches hang out in outhouses? Yeah, in, <laughs> like, in, a, in, in an outhouse toilet full of shit. I'm like, would they survive in there? Also, also, would she fit in that? I don't know. I mean, I'm no scientist. I think somebody could. That she was small, so I think she could fit. Like, I'm thinking of like a uh, a porta potty. Like, I think she could totally fit in one of those. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, maybe you're right. I'll have to try it next time. But for Angela (laughs) to like maneuver her in there, that's another question. She's like (laughs) sticking her in there with that big stick. (laughs) Oh my god, it's so funny. It's oh so my funny. Gosh. Yeah, so fucking Allie. And but so one thing I what I don't like about this film, you know, there's gotta be some criticism too. Right. Um I so Sleepaway Camp One is incredibly homoerotic. And this one is so yeah. hetero, it makes me wanna throw up. <laughs> because uh. you know what I'm saying? Because so the first movie, <laughs> you look at all like there's boys in crop tops and tight jeans. Uh, and the only nudity in that movie is when the boys go skinny dipping and you get to the second movie and it has taken a complete 180. and it God, is just tits, 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 tits and more tits. I know. I'm like, why can't we see Sean's dick or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I mean, yeah, why not? Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. Maybe it was because Sleepaway Camp 1 came out towards the early 80s. And, um, you know, once we got to the later 80s, we were really yeah. in the midst of pushing the boundaries of what's acceptable on screen. And so they yes. were just throwing, ev- you know, as many tits as they could. And, like, you watch any movie from the 80s, especially horror films. Oh, my ju- God. It's just naked girls left and right. They might as well know? just be walking around naked. There's no point in having a wardrobe. Right, exactly. At that point. But it's almost like not just that they are naked. It's like they have to talk about being naked mm-hmm. while being naked. Like they're constantly yeah. calling attention to the fact that there are tits on your screen. <laughs> like Mare, which she's like, uh, like if you don't give us back our bras, you're going to be seeing a lot of this. this yes, <laughs> exactly. And she's and then the whole exchange between Angela and the girls when she's like. And Allie, and she's like, Allie, I w- I'd appreciate if you'd wore a nightgown to bed. And she's like, why? I always sleep naked. Like, Yeah. She's like, I'm sure we can all agree that you have very nice breasts. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I do. Love- That's a really funny ass line. And the way she looks at them, like, 
but <laughs> or even there's like that exchange when they're like how do you deal with her is she such a bitch about Angela and she's like she's not that bad and then Hallie's like I think it's beyond that I think she's a dyke <laughs> yes I l- <laughs> it's like which I don't know I was like maybe that's like an 80s way of referencing the fact that like there's something off about her because she seems slightly more masculine alluding to yeah. the fact that was that she was biologically born a male yeah uh, well i read an interview with the director fritz gordon and he actually said that they were thinking about casting a man in drag to play angela oh my god okay yeah that would have <laughs> been awful yeah i mean because i and they were like you know what it and i think even the director said like what a great like storyline for a serial killer in a slasher movie like that she's you know mtf transition it's like uh, i mean no that's I not mean, it's it's great. no it's not an excuse at all that it was in the 80s but they didn't they had no concept of what was what was the correct way to approach this to that at that right. point in time like a like transgender people were not there was there was nobody fighting for trans rights yet there was you know oh, well i think even amongst the trans community like it was still very like the terminology the yeah the way tra- they even trans- thought about each other transsexual like, pose you see it in um paris is burning like where they're kind of like they refer to each other as transsexual and they kind of poke fun at each other like what you still have that adam's apple girl like right you know like they're kind of like they kind of there was a the respect level wasn't there yet right and there so, yeah there was no respect for for trans people um and I mean, it's very. I think it is very obvious with how you know the character of Angela, what you know, was handled. You know, so the first film, mm-hmm. um, you come to find out that Angela was actually Peter, her her twin brother. She has like this eccentric aunt, who who all, who has now, after her, Angela's brother and father die, the mother she's never there. She was dead or something the aunt decides that she always wanted a girl. So she forcibly makes Peter Baker into Angela Angela. Baker. Like, and so like forces her. So it is sort of like an interesting trans story because it's like Angela was, did not choose to be trans. So technically she is trans because she is now a woman who feels like she's fully transitioned. Yeah. She fully transitioned, but maybe, but because it was by force, maybe it wasn't her choice. Maybe she feels like she is male. I don't know. But that's the thing. And that's the slop. That's how sloppily yeah, issues sloppy. like this were handled. That like we and and it promoted you know a lot of stigma towards trans people because it just perpetuated like perpetuated the idea that trans people are disturbed. You know that they're evil. Right. And yeah. And, and they especially because how at the end of Sleepaway Camp they don't even expound on once the big reveal happens where you know all these kids have been killed and they're like oh my god it's Angela it's Angela and they go and find Angela and then there's like that iconic ending scene where they look at and they're like oh my god she's a boy she's a boy she's a boy and you know she's standing there naked with her with her dick out and what was so weird I mean it yeah and a lot of people have you know credited as being like the, one of the most shocking endings and it is very shocking it is shocking but, yeah. but to be honest to me now it's more shocking that it's like wow i can't believe that was acceptable to you know <laughs> yeah. wow i can't believe they did that <laughs> yeah it's like 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 
it's shocking in that way now, but back then I'm sure the shock was much different. I'm sure it was like shock and disgust, which is in self, which in itself is disgusting. You know? Yeah. Right. Exactly. I think one of the most, one of the more interesting aspects of that kind of the use of that, you know, of like trans, um, is that you're in a camp setting with like a summer camp, like these kids that are probably going through puberty that are probably thinking about sex and that whole kind of like that homoerotic kind of, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the tones that they choose to take like about sex and uh, at least mo- more so for the first one, like yeah. the, the, the way they play out the characters, like a lot of it, it has to do with like preteen or teen sexuality sure. and how yeah. that would play out like in a summer camp. So that kind of is an interesting idea, but they obviously these days it would have been done a lot better or not at all. <laughs> or yeah, not at all. I mean, and I have read, um, I did read an article written by, um, a, a trans woman of her sort of talking about why she has sort of taken back Angela Baker and and has revered her as sort of like a trans hero and it sort of goes back to what we what we learned with horror noir where there's like a marginalized group of people who have never really seen justice served to them like in a in a film and that angela baker getting revenge on all these on all these kids who have made fun of her or you know and teased her and I mean, not necessarily that they knew about her, about her gender identity, but you know that she is able to exact revenge on her bullies, and it's almost like it's a form of of trans justice that they yeah. had, that that people had had never seen, and so to that, yeah. so so to her, she said that Angela Baker has been, you know, one of her heroes. And you know, of course, she probably doesn't agree necessarily with you know the murder, but you know, as as a metaphor, right. I think she probably really the frustration. Related. Yeah, the frustration, yeah. and I think she probably just connected with that because you know, yeah. I, it's you know because of the journey that she, her personal journey or whatever, and you know, just the scrutiny of what it means to be in a marginalized group, and then to see mm-hmm. you know your oppressors, you know, meet their untimely doom. You know, there's a there's mm-hmm. a, probably a bit of catharsis there, and so. It sort of plays into the idea that we proposed in our very first episode where we're kind of like, why do gay people like horror movies so much? Like, why is that a part of, like, our culture? Because it is. A lot of... There are a lot of gay horror fans. It's, like, enormous. So we've learned. There's something to it. Yeah, there's something... Yeah, so we've learned doing this. And there's something to it. Um, The character of Angela... I mean, what they did moving forward, I felt like wasn't they kind of just throw it away they're they, like they, yeah that is this true. is for her backstory and then she had a sex change and they don't address it at all they don't have the characters right it's not know, making right. fun of her yeah it's not part of her myth i mean it is technically part of her like mythology but she doesn't it doesn't ever come into play again like nobody no like the only thing is that they reference like her her origins are like yeah she was a, a boy named peter you know and now she is yeah now she's Angela which I mean yeah she got a sex change and her parents had taxes right, paid be- for it and to be honest <laughs> like the fact that they don't address it honestly probably was a better choice as far as yes. will this movie age well because I mean had they had in right. the 80s they tried to you know actually tackle the issue the trans issue it probably would have mm-hmm. made this movie a lot different and probably very 
like even or, more even or more they offensive. Just would have been cheap like, about it, and they would have just had the characters find right. out, and they just I'm start saying. calling her like a man or some sure, stupid exactly. shit That's like that. It, it wouldn't have been handled yeah. well, you know. No, so. and it would not be watchable these no, days. It would absolutely. be completely unwatchable. And by the time you get to Sleepaway Camp Three, that whole st- plot line is like never they, discussed I don't even again. Think they don't even mention it. They don't, you know. So. We're just all looking forward to seeing Angela. What she's gonna do now? Like, okay, what's she gonna do now? Who are gonna be her victims? Right. Um, yeah, it looked like it's such a fun set to be on. Like, I'm oh my like, gosh, I would they... love to have been part of this movie. Oh, I'm sure it probably was exactly like being at summer camp. Had we gone yeah. and experienced that, which we did not. <laughs> right. But like, I mean. All the actors look like they get along. They look like they're having a good time. Oh, Even yeah. Pamela Springsteen as Angela is like, I'm having a good time. Oh, my God. Like, you imagine just, if she, can you imagine if she was actually mean to them? If she actually... <laughs> she's like, I'm staying yeah. in character. I'm a method actor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Angelina Jolie. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> all right I, have a, I, have a, I have a DVD version of Sleepaway Camp 2 that all the death scenes are cut out of it. Is that bizarre? What? I bought it at Rasputin's. And it's just Sleepaway Camp 2. And I was like, wow, I can't believe I found it. So I bought it and I come home and I watch it and all the death scenes are cut out. It's is it, the, is mo- it like, it's the is like, weirdest thing. Is it like 15 minutes long? Yeah, I literally, the the movie in that ver- is like an hour and 14 minutes. And it's like, they like they show her clock Phoebe across the, but they don't show the tongue getting cut. They don't show her on the ground. They really don't show anything. It's really weird. I'm like, what the hell? That's crazy. Do you know it's that? It's so weird. Did you know that? Um, so in order, I didn't know this, but in order for a movie to be considered a feature length film, it has to be 80 minutes long. And so, I didn't know that. yeah. And That's so totally. the movie, when they had finished filming it, had only reached 78 minutes. So it wasn't going to be considered a feature film. So they needed to add two extra minutes. So that's why they added mm-hmm. that scene where Angela's like, Oh, she's like having some sort of like, like <laughs> bad dream. Yeah, like a bad dream, and, and that's when you hear like the happy camper song in slow motion, and they re- oh, and they. <laughs> yes, and then they they recap every single death that's happened up to that point. Because, <laughs> yeah, and it, and a that, reminder. Yeah, j- literally for the sole purpose of the fact that they needed two extra minutes to tack onto this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, whatever works. I mean, like I said, nobody's going into this expecting every scene to be, you know, a masterpiece. Dude, <laughs> <So. laughs> uh, the the, the uh, going back, just I know we're almost done, but uh, going back to the dialogue. When some of my favorite dialogue is like when she's when Molly's like, "Where's Allie?" And uh, Angela goes, I don't know, probably fornicating. (laughs) And then they show her in the woods and she's having (laughs) sex. I like when she goes after she decapitates Sean and she's like, speak of the devil. Look, he's on TV and his head is in a television set. Oh, yeah. She's just (laughs) so happy-go-lucky. So I'll tell you my favorite line of dialogue. And it's not really the dialogue, but it's the performance of this person. This is my favorite scene in the whole movie. And you'll probably be shocked by it. But I love the, the, um, the little girl who just wants to go home. (laughs) <laughs> I want to go home. Let me go. Yeah. Her, that girl. No. No. D- don't touch me. Leave me alone. I just want to go home. That girl had me has me crying every time. Oh my god. Her it, performance. Literally, I, I don't think she's ever worked again. Probably not. But her performance is such a standout for me in this movie. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> it kills me every time. I, I love that she's like staring off into space too. Like she's not even looking at Angela. Yeah. No, no. I already told you I want to go home. I want to go home. And I love how like before they they pan up to her, they like show like the red paint on the ground, and then they pan yeah, up and it, and and it, she's painting. They do that like a couple <laughs> times. I feel like they did it. Was it the maple? They did it with like maple syrup or something later in the movie, where they yeah, they like to fake you oh. out with that, you know, show her. But anyway, yeah, I just I just think that that um that girl is so funny, and I love that scene. I can watch it over and over. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Before we go, I have to say this quote that I absolutely die laughing at in okay. the third one. Um, when she's dragging the topless girl into the tent and she goes, good thing you're dead because in a few years oh. <laughs> your your, bre- your breasts would have been sagging something terrible. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. And she's just like, saying that. She's like <laughs> pulling her dead body. I'm like, good like, thing you're dead. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there thinking like that actress has to hear her say that. She's like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and her tits are huge and they're just hanging there. <laughs> There's just so many tits. Ugh. Well, uh, such a good movie. I, I, I would rate this movie a seven out of ten. Uh, I would rate it like a six, like ah. a like a fun six. Like this is yeah, this is it's for fun it, times. Yeah, it's definitely rewatchable. I could watch this movie over and over and over again. I would never show this movie to anybody who wants to watch a horror movie. No. I, but I would if I was like you know entertaining a couple of people over at the house I'd be like, do you guys want to watch a movie? <laughs> and I've, d- I've done the I've done funniest that. movie. I've d- yeah, and I've done that and people have enjoyed it. But like, you know how like you have to be in a certain <laughs> mood to watch a certain movie. Like yeah. sometimes like on Sundays you could watch your more serious movies because you're oh, like, yeah. more relaxed. But like uh, just like like casually over dinner like. I'm just gonna throw on a movie. Uh, Sleepaway Camp Two would be my choice. Right, uh, that's a good yeah. Or I, three. Why not? Why any of them? I honestly do. I oh. enjoy Sleepaway Camp One. I I do think it's has its own one. You yeah. like one? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't I, like one. I know you don't, but I think I don't I, know. I think it's just like no, like a, I just think the to- I like. I think it's more well thought out. I think it's um, yeah, a little more bizarre, it's more interesting, more bizarre, it's a little quirky, way more bizarre. And, um, I just feel like compared to the other movies at that time, like The Burning or Friday the Thirteenth, uh, Sleepaway Camp is just so. It's just so the performances are terrible. The writing's bad. It just, but it's like a bizarre film. I don't know how how else to describe it. It's just totally. Yeah. I remember watching it and being like. Ugh. This movie sucks. Like, I do not like... I know, again, it's one of those things where it's like, I didn't like texting. It's like one of those things where, like, people will not like me for saying that. But I do not like Sleepaway Camp 1. All right, before we go, who's your favorite kill? Favorite kill? (laughs) Even though it's mostly off screen, um, just because of the dialogue, Mare. Yeah. See, I would say say, uh, uh, the Shote Sisters. That's my favorite one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's (laughs) a good one. Um. All right. So thank you guys again for participating in our little guest, the episode. That was fun. Yes. You know, we had, uh, and, you know, and I think I was right. I was like, people are going to probably get this one much easier than something like we summon the darkness, which nobody had seen yet. Yeah. But um, don't forget that is available on Netflix. If you want to go watch it and yes. head back to our, we summon the darkness episode. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram at fear the talking queers yeah and if you listen to us on apple podcasts you leave a review let us know how we're doing yeah if you hate us yeah if you hate us let us know 
if you like us, <laughs> let us know. There's nothing wrong with that. So yeah, so head to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, leave us a five star review because we're worth yes. it. Um, yes. Yeah, and um, d- feel free to send us a message whenever um, we love to talk. We love to chat yeah. with you guys. Um, and uh, make or sure you check fear out the all talking queers at gmail.com. Oh, yes, yes. Hit us up at fear the talking queers at gmail.com. Again, Twitter, if you like, fear TT queers. I'm still it, figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, who won? Who guessed? Who guessed? Um, oh, my gosh. Who guessed right. Colton994. Yeah. yeah, so shout out to Colton994 for being our winner of the contest. Um, you got. <laughs> Colton um, it, 994 yeah. from Colton. Mount Rose, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so thank you for that, Colton. Um, yeah. And if you win next week, you'll get your name shouted out on this podcast too. So participate. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I think maybe we should uh, sign off. Yeah. Should I do sign it? I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't done it in a minute. Yeah. Go ahead, girl. Sweet screams, bitch. Ah! <laughs> That was me as Angela doing. Oh, <laughs> is that what that was? You, you didn't get that. <laughs> no, oh, do God. It again. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta rethink my acting degree. Oh God. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> should we? Um. Sh- so you already said that, but should we leave with the song? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> I'm a happy camper. Camper. I love the summer sun. <laughs> I love the trees and forests. I'm always having fun. Hey! Oh! <laughs> I'm a happy camper. I love the clear blue sky. And by the grace of God, I'll, I'll camp, camp until, until I, I die. die. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time, guys. Bye! Bye.